Today we're talking to Bo Thomas, who is a mural artist, and he also owns his own company, Trackside Design, where he offers graphic design services as well as a lot of his other mural skills. So a lot of folks have seen your work. Um, Some of them may recognize it throughout our community, and I know you've worked in different states before. Um, But for the benefit of those listening, where are those where are some of the places where we could see some of your amazing murals oh well thank you so much carol for having me uh excited to be here um yeah i'm trying to take over the city of green bay i'm a native here born and raised so it's really cool to be able to make such an impact on where i'm from um i just got a uh, big lion painted in the broadway district a couple of weeks ago uh so the farmer's market crowd might be able to catch that one got the city's biggest mural over on main street called the Green Bay Mural. It was one of my first jobs out of college, um, kind of a, a monster project I took on. And uh, yeah, glad it's still the biggest. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've kind of got a project sprinkled around town. I've, I think I'm approaching 200 murals for my career. So wow, they are adding up. Some of them have been painted over and no longer exist, but I've got the photos. So, <laughs> so you weren't always a mural artist. Um, you started in the graffiti movement. Am I correct? Tell us about how, I mean, was that sort of your younger teenage rebellion years? How did that start? Yeah, um, I was a skateboard kid growing up and then uh, kind of discovered graffiti through that. Um, when you're a skateboarder, the world is your skate park. So I was finding myself all around town in these odd places. Um, and yeah, there were a couple other skaters in town who did graffiti and I really looked up to them and at 14 years old, I got involved with it. And by 15, I was in handcuffs with police talking to me in my living room. So um, <laughs> yeah, things moved quickly there. Um, you know, skipping school to paint on the underside of a train bridge. Uh, I went under the 172 bridge, uh, painted a couple times. So uh, yeah, the world was my canvas and uh, eventually got into train graffiti. And that's where I really kind of got serious. And uh, I think from like 18 to 19 years old, I painted a couple hundred train cars. And uh, yeah, I really caught the bug for painting and getting out and getting busy. And what's the appeal with the train graffiti? I mean, um, is it catching it the next time it comes in? I know sometimes you post photos and, you know, I follow you on social, but I never know if you're like posting because this is one you wanted to see or this was one you did and it's made a reappearance. Yeah, it's really cool that trains are this giant network all around North America. Um, I've gotten to see my own trains in most of the states across the country. So it's really rewarding to kind of see where they end up. Um, And yeah, it is kind of this amazing rolling canvas network all around. And uh, uh, yeah, every day I'm taking pictures of trains, seeing what's coming through and often sending photos to the artists who did it and uh, kind of giving it back to them that way. But (laughs) It is a pretty magical art form where it rolls across the country. It's illegal. And there's millions of train cars and millions of pieces of graffiti. You know, some graffiti is, is, I mean, in some cities, they're starting to embrace it as an art movement. Um, Not across the board or universal, but in some urban communities, they're starting to see that this is actually an art form. Um, Do you see some of that happening locally or is that? Yeah, I think it's, it's a slow process and, uh, you know, graffiti is really somebody's nickname kind of stylized. So it's not necessarily for everyone or for public art. It's more of this selfish 
all about the artist kind of thing. So I think it's going to be a while before that really catches on and people accept that, you know, that's that guy's nickname and that's how he painted it. And, you know, people are much more interested in seeing animals or positive messages uh, for public art. But mm. in big cities where there is a real street graffiti problem, it's kind of a, a half solution to paint nice graffiti over the bad stuff. So um, you might find in Chicago or Minneapolis or bigger cities where some of the higher quality graffiti gets to exist and kind of live in this public art world. Mm-hmm. You mentioned trains, but there's also um, a movement where you paint uh, model trains. Yeah, my little way I can continue to do it and stay involved. Yeah, it's just but you're not the of, only one. Oh, no, no, it's a pretty big movement. And uh, model train culture period is just big. Everybody's got a grandfather that worked for the railroad and everybody's got a train around the tree at Christmas. So uh, it's a nice merging of these two cultures that wouldn't really mix. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun to paint on, you know, graffiti is a large scale thing. You're painting with huge arm movements and then to go down to the scale of a model train, it's just hold your breath, do a line, hope you don't screw up. And you're working on such a, a small scale. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's challenging, but it's, it's fun. So when did you transition from graffiti into the, the mural art? Yeah, I, I was kind of always involved with murals. Um, I was actually a kindergartner who got to work on a mural project at a school I went to. So really? that was a pretty yeah, important uh, moment in my life, getting to actually work on something and see it up on the wall. But yeah, ever since I picked up a spray can, 14, 15 years old, people ask me, can you paint this? Can you paint that? And it's kind of the fake it till you make it thing of I'll try and let's see how it goes. So throughout high school, I had a couple of jobs where I was doing murals for people. Um, one person wanted the Keystone beer logo in their basement. So I, I did that for them all with a couple cans of spray paint. Um, but yeah, things really changed for me when I got in trouble for doing train graffiti. I caught my second court case at about 21 years old and things kind of hit the fan there and yeah I just got in trouble for all my my trains mm-hmm. so my identity was known my tag was known and Green Bay is kind of a small town where if I was to change my name and keep going I think they'd know who who it is so yeah right around then I started my business it was actually in a design class at college where we were told to create a company and make a logo for it so I I took that seriously and here I am eight years later, nine years later. And yep, definitely. Still got a love for trains. Yeah, it's been love a fun ride. Love the name, Trackside. So it all makes sense now. Now, do you always use spray paint? I mean, is the, the lion, is that on the side of the Du Bois formal yep, wear building? Is. Okay. And is that also spray paint? That doesn't look like it's spray paint. Yeah, it's mostly spray paint. Um, wow. I do use bucket or roller paint when I can just to kind of get a lot of paint on the wall quickly. Um, so that's often in the background or the first layer of paint that goes up. But, so so who have been some of your um, inspirations? You know, who are some of the people or artists that you admire? Yeah, I still really look uh, kind of inward at the graffiti movement and kind of take note of how these artists are able to mature and start their own art careers out of graffiti. So there's an artist, Tristan Eaton. If you can check out his uh, Instagram or website, probably the best mural artist in the world. One of my favorites, um, just does amazing collage, complicated uh, image and lettering based stuff. So I try to take note of how these men and women kind of graduate from graffiti and get into the fine art world and the, the public art world. But yeah, I'm kind of inspired by everything. Um, what, what uh, you, you're a traveler, 
right? You've, you've traveled. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. What are some of the cities that you think have the best? I mean, a lot of urban environments are now promoting the mural art scene as another way. I mean, you know, let's get your picture, Instagram, you know, worthy mural. Um, what are some of the cities that you think have the best m- mural environments? Um, you know, anywhere, I guess, globally. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, I haven't traveled too much. I think I got on my first airplane at 25. So I'll, I'll add that in there. Skating. Um, but <laughs> uh, I think my number one city would have to be Miami just for the amount and the quality of walls down there. Um, they've got a think of annual festival that has left the city with thousands of murals after 10 years. So yeah, that's just an amazing place. Anywhere there's a mural festival kind of leaves its impact and uh, leaves its mark. Uh, Honolulu was a great city for checking out some world famous artists. Um, and yeah, even in the Midwest, Minneapolis is, is pretty cool too. That's great. Do you have some um, favorite projects that you've worked on? Oh, um, yeah, I, I do love the lion I just did. That's my favorite animal. So it's got a place in my heart. It's quite really... impressive. It's very impressive. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed painting on the Mason Street Bridge. I got to paint a giant fox on the bridge for the Astor Neighborhood Association. Yeah, it might be year and a half ago now. And yeah, I I just love that Green Bay mural. It was my first big project and kind of important in establishing myself as a a public muralist for the city. That's great. It's close to your heart. Are there any hidden um, elements in your murals that uh, are less obvious themes for for the average viewer? Uh, Not too much. Uh, There's been a few occasions where I'll I'll hide somebody's name in there if they help me out. Um, So yeah, kind of like the uh, Nina signatures in the the Al Hirschfeld drawings mm-hmm. uh, but yeah just a, a couple of times where I snuck somebody's name into a mural <laughs> um when you're painting uh, what do you listen to I, I know you you usually got your earbuds in or, or headset music podcasts what do you, what's on your playlist yeah a uh, little bit of music lately I've been stuck with an iPhone so I'm all about podcasts and even when I'm at home probably spend 10 hours a day listening to podcasts what are some of your favorites yeah, I mean, anything funny, uh, lately it's been Conan, Conan, Conan. So it can be tough when you're trying to work on a you know, detailed part and you start laughing and you ruin your, your line. But yeah, even true crime stuff, Dateline 2020, my favorite murder, this podcast. I think it's really cool to hear from local creatives. And <laughs> yeah, I, I am pretty isolated. So that is my, my connection to the area. I know we have to get you out more. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about music? What's your playlist? Uh, I'm a pretty big rap fan, so anything that's got really dense, complicated lyrics is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my who? favorite rapper is Ritz. He's a guy out of Atlanta, so got about nine albums of his, and he keeps on pumping them out. <laughs> so you're freelancing. You do you still do graphic design? Yes. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe little bit. just a couple projects a year for that. Yeah. Okay. What's something that's been since you're out on your own, either as a graphic designer? or a, a mural artist? What's something that's been a lot more difficult to do than you expected when you started out? I think it's tough to kind of stay motivated and keep yourself accountable. I work from home a lot, so it's just me and my headphones and pajamas usually. And there's some freedom in that, but it also can be a prison. And uh, it's yeah, tough to kind of keep going and be the most efficient person you can be. Um, so it's, yeah, usually pages of to-do lists for me and 
trying to get one thing crossed off and jump to the next. And it's hard to be the lone ranger. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Battling the emails and every part of a business I've got to handle and kind of get through it all. So yeah, I guess staying efficient is, is tough. And then kind of currently hitting a plateau where the calls are slowing down, the emails aren't coming in as much. And Because of the what weather? do I do at that time? So that's when I kind of lean on my own fine art and start to think about some exhibits or shows I could produce. And uh, That's right. You yeah. have some things at um, downtown somewhere, right? Don't you have some things? Yeah, I've kind of pulled my stuff back in just to kind of keep track of it. My Maybe my only display right now is at the Neville's uh, gift shop at the museum. Okay. I've got some model trains up there, so ah. grateful they've had my, my work in there. <laughs> that is nice. If you could give your younger self uh, some professional advice, something that you wish you were told earlier in your life, uh, what would it yeah, be? Yeah, that's kind of the lessons I've learned through failure and through kind of teaching myself business, just to create an efficient business and kind of processes and systems for getting stuff done quickly and uh, achieving and completing things rather than a hundred undone maybe projects. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a kind of a refined process where I have clients email me a photo of the wall measurements and their ideas in their own words. And back in the day, I used to drive all around town taking meetings and trying to scavenge or hunt that information was its own job. So yeah, just learning to say no to people too, if it's not right for me or if it's not a real opportunity. Um, often with artists, we're getting paid with exposure, which is frustrating. So yeah, that right don't pay no that. bills. <laughs> yep. Sorry, I can't donate my artwork to you and your fundraiser. You know, under the next. Yes, understood. Um, have you ever started working on a mural and you had one of those? Man, I should have had a Snickers moments because you stand back and you're like, "Oh shit, that's wrong." Oh yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> actually, I I really rely on a projector, so I don't have too many of those issues of things being crooked or off. Got um, it. Some of my issues might come from uh, how it's easy to design in Photoshop and then it's way tougher to actually achieve that on the wall. So in the design phase, knowing what you can actually paint, how you're going to paint it, rather than just, you know, sticking a photo of a person on a building and thinking that you're a photorealistic painter. Um, so, yeah, just kind of knowing the step-by-step things it takes to do a mural and mm -hmm. achieve a painting and then you know, back to the design process, only doing those types of things. So aside from municipal buildings in, in our city, you have clients that have hired you to put murals, whether it's in a business or a school or tell us some of those accounts that you've worked on. Oh, yeah. Um, I work pretty regularly with schools, uh, painting positive messages for kids uh, throughout the hallways or in the library or the gym. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like a bit of a designer there because we've got a, a message we're trying to communicate and kind of some bigger goals rather than art for art's sake and just make the wall look pretty. So I feel like we're definitely uh, working on our communication side there. Um, and then, yeah, working with local businesses, they've usually got their own motives, whether it's representing their name, what they sell. Um, I've painted lots of signage before, so uh all the shoulder pain comes from holding my arm tight and working on those perfect lines and letters. Um, but yeah, slowly I've 
been trying to convince businesses to do art for art's sake. And luckily, Dubois Formal Wear just went for that with the Lion, where it's not something directly related to their business, but it still benefits the community and kind of makes their business a landmark for a different reason and yes. hopefully brings more people in. Let me ask you, are there any other creative people that you admire? You mentioned a rapper that you follow. Um, you mentioned a mural artist who you think is the best. Any other p- creative people that you admire across any field or industry? Uh, yeah, I just like really productive people, whether it's a band or musician who's putting out an album every year, a comedian who's doing a special every year. Production and the momentum is really inspiring on its own. Yeah, even in looking in our own neighborhood or city, what are other people doing and what can I learn from them? How can I kind of get involved? And I might not be talking a lot, but I'm watching and listening a lot. So sure. I just like to uh, yeah, stay on the scroll of Instagram and Facebook and kind of soak in the world and sure. everything that's happening. And speaking of, um, if somebody wants to see more of your work, where, what's your, you have an Instagram account and it's under? Oh yeah. Uh, my Instagram is trackside design. And I also have a website under that name, trackside Great. And we'll have everyone check those out because they're pretty remarkable. Um, Thank you. yeah. Um, I'm my one last question for you before I let you go, what surface or building in our community right now is just begging for a mural makeover. Oh, um, well, I've always wanted to paint at Lambeau Field. Hey! It's a pretty historic place. I don't think they'll let me touch the outside, but maybe I'll get an indoor wall one day. Yes, maybe um, in the atrium. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, we've also got some massive paper factories, and they're pretty boring, dirty, uninspiring uh, size of the building. So Way I think we could cool. do some cool stuff there. Yeah. Great idea. We're going to have to start sending out some letters, I think, and make that happen. I'd like to see it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think color does a lot. And uh, yeah, it helps make this place bearable and livable. Right. Just because you uh, make boxes doesn't mean your building has to look like a box, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. uh, We could have done a uh, half-burned cigarette with the smokestack they're tearing down. (laughs) Leave it up. (laughs) Very clever. I love that, Bo. Hey, listen, this is great to talk to you. Um, I've seen your work everywhere. I've never really officially met you, so this was this was fun. I follow you, and hopefully a lot of our listeners will also follow you after this, um, now that they've learned more about you. Yeah, thank you so much, Carol. Really appreciate the spotlight, and uh, yeah, honored Aww. to be on the podcast. You're a treasure. Thank you for everything you're doing for our community. Thank you. All right, bye. Take care. Principal Conversation is created with help from Studio 44 in Green Bay and produced by Adam Arnaldison. Please support your AAF Fox River Ad Club by becoming a member today. You can sign up for membership and events at aaffoxriver.org.